Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service. I am a Jew. That is my undeniable heritage. The diaspora for my ancestors mostly came at the time depicted in the Broadway play Fiddler on the Roof. This was the time of the pogroms that occurred in what was then Russia in the late 19th and early 20th century. For those who don't know, pogroms are defined as an organized massacre of a particular ethnic group, in particular that of the Jewish people in Russia or Eastern Europe in the late 19th or early 20th centuries. As I note this, I'm not here to walk us through the history of the Jewish people, but one thing to note is, I grew up in an area that had the most Holocaust survivors outside of Israel in my childhood. And I knew and I saw people whose arms were numbered from being branded and housed in Nazi death camps. This is only a small part of the vast story that are the stories of my family of origin. We all have families of origin. They can be super loving, incredibly wonderful memories. They can be fairly boring and, quote, a normal childhood, whatever normal is. They can be stories of generations of explorers or risk takers. Families of origin can be almost unknown and a mystery. Families of origin can also be replete with long-lasting trauma. Whatever our experiences are of our families of origin, they are a part of who we are because whether the stories, the experiences, or literally the DNA, it is from whence we come. There are times when our families of origin are not in the forefront of how we spend our time or actually live our lives. There were many years where I lived far away from my family of origin and didn't actually have that much interaction. I certainly strayed from the practice of Judaism long ago. Basically, I left the faith shortly after my bar mitzvah when I was 13, and I traveled through many years thinking religion was the opiate of the masses. And in various ways that we can define our family of origin, I also did not spend a lot of time thinking about being Jewish as the rituals and practice of my childhood faded away. Enter Unitarian Universalism. In 2003, I attended my first Unitarian Universalist service, and I've told this story many times, and some of you have heard it and may not want to again, but the first preacher I saw was Reverend Bill Sinkford, the former president of the UUA, and I was hooked, line, and sinker. Now, this month's theme is heritage. And although I could certainly now define my family of choice as being my wife and my friends who I love so dearly, I also feel my family of choice is bigger than that, which now includes my Unitarian Universalist ancestors and all of you. These two families came together in my first year of attending a Methodist seminary. One day I was doing an identity exercise where you list your various identities, and through a process of reflection, 
come up with what you feel your primary identity is. And I have to tell you, on that day, in a room full of Christians, much to my shock, what came to the surface for me was Jewish. That my primary identity, a thing that has had an enormous influence on my life, was being Jewish. It was an eye-opening moment for me and has sat with me since that day in 2005 and is what helped make the events of this week so emotional. I am a Jew, and again, my people were slaughtered this week. As a Unitarian Universalist, I am, however, thinking beyond just the heritage of my family of origin. There are people I believe to be victims of generations of political posturing and religious fanaticism. People, young people, old people, people of all genders, and children. Children who have lost their lives because of human beings' worst impulses and tendencies. This week I've struggled so deeply with the pain I feel for my family of origin and the pain I feel as a universalist with my deep love and desire for us all to treat each other with respect and dignity. And I wonder, and at times I struggle with, as I know many of you do, with the question, how will we ever coexist in this world? As I watched more and more of the news and heard of the incredible atrocities, as I felt the complicated feelings I have about the politics that have been at play in the Middle East for so many generations, as I watched the horrors of war and hatred of other escalate, as I viewed colleagues of mine and friends online unfriend each other this week as emotional battles raged, spurred on by the actual battles, as I wondered about friends and cousins who I have who live in Israel. I struggled mightily with what I could possibly say to you that wouldn't be just me spilling my pain out onto all of you. These are complicated times. I have friends who were born and have lived in the United States their entire lives who view Israel as the safe home of their family of origin. I know people, people I have come to know in my family of choice who don't support Hamas, but are in complete support of the Palestinian people and whose support have put them at odds with their families of origin and in some cases their families of choice. So complicated, so hard, so tragic and sad. This week in trying to sort through my own feelings, I wrote a couple of things that I shared on social media. It's a way to both process my own grief and hopefully through my ministry, provide some thoughts for others to reflect upon. The chalice lighting today was one of those writings. Here's another. My heart so often broken by our inhumanity to each other, 
already so bruised by the unnecessary brutality of dictators and our own internal conflicts, is now again, still, adding the pain and sorrow of those so brutally damaged in the Middle East by those whose ongoing differences breed such endless and senseless destruction. To assume any clear answer feels foolish. To give up hope feels tempting. To tremble in the midst of horror feels completely understandable. To stop trying to birth love in the world feels unacceptable. It feels unacceptable to me to give up on love. I know at times it feels so overwhelming. We can't help but feel what's going on in the world in our minds, and sometimes with or without even realizing it, we carry it around deeply in our bodies. There's so much right now, whether it's the ridiculous speaker antics going on on Capitol Hill, whether it's a major presidential candidate with 91 felony charges spewing victimhood and hate and fear-mongering from his every word, whether it's now two major world conflicts, how can we not at times tremble in the midst of horror and find ourselves suddenly immersed in our own grief, anger, frustration, irritation, and even conflict? But you, my family of choice, it can be so tempting to give up on hope, and it's so logical to tremble in the midst of all the unbelievable horror, but we are Unitarian Universalists. We do not jointly profess to an afterlife. We often agree that we serve the here and now. We are called by others the love people when we wear those terrible colored yellow shirts. Those who believe in the power of love and that the arc of the universe may actually bend towards justice. We are Unitarian Universalists, my siblings, and we are here because I need you, and you need me, and we need each other, so that we can take the completely vital move of trying to keep birthing love into this world. I quote from the Harvard Square Library article on what the Universalists talked about when they talked about love, part of the heritage that we are all sharing right here and right now. And it says this. In essence, the conversion to universalism was a conversion to love itself. Salvation depended not so much on believing or feeling something specific about God or Jesus as much as it depended on being able to perceive and appreciate love. And as the very popular Lucy Barn wrote in The Female Christian in 1809, which language I have updated for today, she said, when universalists accept that they are all siblings to be loved they know that they have passed from death into life. 
This is our collective heritage. If you are sitting in this room today, this or online, this is our choice. This, my family, is our continued calling. May that be so, and amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to sermon podcasts.